Mac Power Users, Episode 281, Dictation in Siri. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you doing, Katie Floyd? I'm great, David. How are you? Excellent. Now we've got all the new software installed. I don't have to run betas on anything anymore. I know. That's exciting. I, I have a sickness. I love to install the betas, especially with the new operating system. But, you know, when after the new one comes out, I'm still available to like the I can get the 11.1 or the 9.1. I'm getting off that train right now for a while. I just want my stuff to work. Yeah, I've I've got a little issue with with Mavericks. Uh, when I right click, the Finder uh, restarts on me. So yeah, you should you should have a problem because Mavericks is really old. I'm, I'm I mean. sorry. Did I say Mavericks? I meant El Capitan. <laughs> well, I got a new microphone. And, I can um, tell. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been working with it, and I got this really cool. I've been trying to get the right board, you know, because you have to get the board with the preamp because this is a this is a big boy microphone it has XLR and everything. I finally think I found the right one. It's this Yamaha uh, AG06. And this is the reason why I, I bought it. And just tell me if this works, Katie. I, I'm not sure because I haven't oh, tested no. it yet. Mm. Star Wars is better than Star Trek. No, nothing work? happened at all. Don't know what you're uh, talking about. Oh, damn it. I was so hoping that would work. Mm. Oh, well. Didn't hear anything. Anyway. And our, our listeners didn't hear anything because there might or might not have been something edited out of the podcast right there. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we've done a few shows in the past about dictation, but it's, it's really evolved a lot. And, um, and I'm using it way more than ever. I mean, I've always been a big proponent of dictation, but now that I'm not in a busy office, it's even easier for me to start talking to my computer without people looking at me like I'm crazy. And, and I guess that really is one of the limitations. It, you know, dictation is great, but if everybody, if you're in a big office, it's hard to do. But uh, I've been using it more, and I know you're using it more. So oh. we wanted to come back and revisit what we're doing with dictation and Siri here in 2015, and share a few trips uh, and share a few tricks and tips, and just kind of assess what we think we could recommend at this point. Yeah, and so you know we did a show on dictation. Gosh, it was one of our first shows. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that original show. But I think it was one of the single digit shows. Yeah. Yeah, we did because it's it's a thing for me. I've I started dictating uh, when Dragon dictate. It's like version one or you know beta one or something. But it was really funny because we ha I had to put more RAM. It was on a PC. They didn't have it for a Mac, so I had to put it on a PC. Put more RAM in the machine, and then I had this really special microphone that cost like eighty bucks. And um, at the point, a Dragon didn't do what they call natural language, so you had to put a space between every word. And uh, even then I, I felt like there was a certain advantage to it uh, because I'm in the business of words and I spend a lot of time putting words together. So I've always been interested in it and it's developed. And uh, now dictation is not just an option. It's, it's mandatory in this mobile world. I mean, Google has a big team dedicated towards it. Apple has this semi secret relationship with, with nuance who, who publishes dragon but if you look in the news, I was researching for the show. I mean, Nuance is based in Massachusetts and Apple has its own campus in Massachusetts. And guess what it focuses on? Mm. Voice recognition. <laughs> so Surprising, I, isn't it? I suspect there's some employees, you know, bouncing between those two companies, maybe more going to Apple than the Nuance. But, you know, they, you know, that's one way, I guess, if you want to get some of the smartest people is you build a headquarters near the place that the smartest people are at so they don't have to move their families. But you know, Apple is clearly really um, 
dedicated to having really effective voice dictation work as is Google and everybody else in this space right now. And, and I just wanted to see where we're at with this stuff. I think for um, everyone playing along at home, I bet there's a lot of you who tried this stuff um, two years ago or three years ago, and it worked semi okay. And you just got out of the habit of using it because you gave up on it. And uh, to you, I would say it's better. I mean, it's not, it's still not perfect, but it's a lot better than it used to be. And um, it continues to get better. Um, so maybe we'll start the show out talking dictation. What do you think? Yeah. And I think maybe we need to talk a little bit about what is dictation and, and how to dictate, because I think especially if you talk to younger people, um, I know a lot of people who are young attorneys, when I tell them that I regularly dictate, they look at me like I've got four eyes and they're like, well, what are you talking about? You, you dictate. Why in the world would you dictate? Because you, I can type so much faster than I can, I can dictate. Why, why in the world would you do that? And as soon as I explain to them, well, you know, maybe you can't, um, they go back and think about it again. Well, it's, it's, this is the part of the show where I get to be an old guy. Cause yeah. when I, when I first started in the business, uh, uh, you know, an old attorney pulled me aside and said, this is a dictation machine. And back then there were cassette tape machines. They yes. weren't digital. He says, you need to learn how to use it. And I said, no, I'm a nerd. I can type and blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, you need to learn how to use it. So I am. Um, so they, he really, you know, emphasized to me. So I did. And, and to a certain extent, the system I had back then is better than what I have now, because then there was a person that would transcribe those. And if I use the word Katie Floyd and that person could look up how Katie spells her name where the computer can't. And then at, when I, you there know, there was would, some actual intelligence instead of artificial intelligence built yeah. in it. And then at the end of the thing, I could say, make a copy and send it to Katie Floyd and also make a copy and send it to, you know, John Smith and, and, oh, by the way, you know, so there was things that, you know, like my computer can't, isn't smart enough to like generate the envelope, print it out, lick a stamp, you know, <laughs> bring it to me for a signature. So in some ways we've gone backwards with this stuff, but that those costs, it's a cost to that. You know, you got to hire somebody to do all that stuff for you. In fact, I was thinking that the other day I was, I was with my uh, new fancy law practice. Um, I walked down quite often to the grocery store. Um, that's, you know, cause I got to get my rings filled and it's, it's on a hill so I can go, you know, get some heart rate. And I, I take my mail and I was thinking, boy, there are many lawyers that like walk their mail to the post office. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it's just kind of incidental to the other stuff I'm doing, but you know, I'm doing it all myself and, and the dictation really helps. Okay. And, and so, but you haven't talked a little bit about technicalities of dictation because even if, whether you're dictating to a person, although I guess a person is much more forgiving, or especially when you're dictating to a computer, there's certain rules that come along with dictation. There's a, there's a certain syntax and a certain vernacular that you have to learn to use. You, you can't just talk like you and I are talking when you're dictating. Yeah, you have, you have to follow the rules because computers aren't smart. I mean, we, they try to pretend they are, but they're, you know, they're machines that follow ones and zeros. Uh, they don't know the difference between ice cream that you lick and ice cream when I yell at you. And th the only way they figure that out is they study the words surrounding it, you know? So like the word, if it has the word cone after it, it's probably the ice cream you lick. And, 
And so they need a lot of data. And they're also not very grammatically smart. If you don't put a period in or a comma or an apostrophe or whatever, it's it's not going to know to do it for you. I know they've tried, but it never works very well. So there is definitely an art form to dictation. And you also have to put the punctuation in, which which can be a little nerve-wracking for some people if you've never gotten used to doing that. You can't just speak in normal sentences and have the computer figure out where the natural break is, where it should put periods and commas. You have to give some thought to the sentences as you're dictating them and then add the punctuation, tell it when you're starting a new paragraph and so forth and so on. Yeah, I just spent a big portion of this past week in a recording studio for an unnamed source. And I was um, I was doing some screencasting and most of it, the screencasting I do is not scripted. I am I have bullet points for points I want to make sure I cover. But in general, if I script it, it sounds very wooden. But I, I would often script like the first couple sentences or the last couple sentences to, you know, rock it in or rock it out. And it was really it took me it took me concentration not to dictate the punctuation when I was reading it, you know, for the audio recording, because I'm just so used to doing that for dictation. And, uh, but, but there, there is an art form. So I guess maybe that's one place we start. What are some general rules of dictation? Um, if I pick probably my favorite one rule of dictation is do not start a sentence that you don't know the end of when you're dictating. You have Um, to think about everything before you speak. You can't just do it stream of consciousness. It's, it's not going to work well. And I know many people try, but it never ends well. Yeah. And especially computers, because like I said, it needs those surrounding words to, to make correct decisions. So, and the computer is infinitely patient. Well, most of them are on iOS. That's another story, but yeah. the, uh, but uh, on your Mac, it's infinitely patient. If you have dragon or, or a Mac uh, dictation open, and you, once you've activated that microphone, it's just listening. So if you sit there and it takes you five seconds to compose the sentence in your mind, um, and then you say it, it is much more likely to be spot on accurate than if you start the sentence and halfway through it, decide how you're going to finish it. So uh, that's really one of the big tips. The other one is pretend you're a newscaster. I mean, just you know, enunciate your words. Don't say things like, you know, like the, the terrible things I do on this podcast all the time. Don't do yes. that stuff. Um like I just said, um, isn't that great? Uh, so just take your time and get those words out carefully. And that makes a big difference. And that would be true on iOS as well. And the computer, like you said, is patient. It will stop and it will wait. And iOS is a little frustrating because it won't sit there as long as you need to think. At some point, it will time out and it will beep at you and you'll have to press the button and start all over again. But that's okay. You can press the dictation button when you know what you're going to say. Speak your sentence. Let go of the dictation button. It will parse that sentence. And then you can hit it again. It's it's a little bit frustrating to do it that way. But it's not a problem. Yeah. The, another good dictation tip, since we're kind of covering this part now, is um, names and pronouns. And, you know, words that the dictation system may not know. Like Katie Floyd. I bet it would get your name right out well, of the gate. And there's certain things that you can do to help train some of the dictation systems. Dragon has a system for allowing you to train it. And in iOS and on the Mac, there's certain ways that you can help train the dictation system, specifically by putting information in your contacts or in training Siri, how you pronounce certain things. So, um, for example, I, I had a law partner whose last name was Fiber, but it was spelled F-E-I-B-E-R, and it kept uh, referring to him as Fieber. 
And if you tell Siri, for example, that's not how you say his name, she'll ask you for a couple of alternative pronunciations. And then I would find that when I was speaking commands or when I was dictating and I would say the name going forward, instead of spelling it incorrectly as, you know, I'm, I'm having a fiber one bar, if I was using it in the context of his name, it would get it correct. Like, yeah. One of the things I like to do is, um, I have code words for those things. And, and this is kind of something you can carry throughout the whole show on the stuff we're talking about. Um, especially with Mac dictation where it doesn't particularly learn words. If I'm working in that, I will, I have code words in my head because like a lot of the stuff I do is related to my cases I work on and I have names for everybody. Like my client is always tiger and um, opposing client is always gorilla and opposing counsel is always monkey. I was just going to ask you if opposing counsel was monkey. Yeah, he is. Yeah, she is monkey. That's that's nice. I haven't got to the point yet where I actually sent a letter that said, dear Mr. Monkey in it. But, you know, at some point as I slowly roll into senility, that's going to happen. You know? No, David, I'm just going to flat out say to our listeners who may be looking to copy your workflow. I'm not sure that that's a good idea. I, I might not pick animals. I, you know, if, if you're going to have, I think code words is a good idea, but I, I think I think the uh, the risk for dear Mister Monkey is is uh, is too great there. I I might instead pick different kinds of things like apples, pears, and bananas or something. Well, either way, you, you put you use those words that the dictation can easily recognize, and then when you get in, you just do a search and replace, and everything's fixed. And that that's one way to kind of get around that. But, you know, I hope that I'm on a race here with technology and that as we get further down the road, this will become less and less of a problem that the computer will get better at figuring out exactly what I mean. And like, you know, why can't it search my address book? And when I use a a strange name, you know, it's phonetic enough that it should be able to look into my uh, contacts database and, oh, yeah, there's a guy in there with a name like that. So let's just type that name. Uh, so uh, hopefully it won't go on forever, but that, that is one trick I use. But I think we're getting a little um, far off field. I want to talk uh, in more uh, nuts and bolts with on the Mac. How are we dictating on the Mac? Yeah, um, well, maybe a good place to start is what types of things is dictation appropriate for versus maybe what are things that you don't use it for? Yeah, I well, I have a running byword file open on my Mac every day, and when I, and I dictate into that thing all day. Um, now it's, it, you know, it, it's less of an issue. Now this is kind of a habit of mine. I'm not sure if this is the workflow I would recommend if I was starting in this right now, because, uh, now the apps can accept dictation pretty easily. But like one of the things I do is I have these text files for cases. Um, and if I'm working on a case, I get off the phone with somebody, I make some notes about what was said. So, so the way I do it now is, Let's say Katie and I are working on a project together and I call her up and we have a nice conversation about it and I hang up and then I, and I think, Oh, okay. So now that Katie, I've talked about that, I'm going to send her an email with my thoughts. You know, I thought about it more or whatever. So in that byword, I will dictate an email, dear Katie, comma, new paragraph. It's great that we got to talk today, period, blah, dee, dee, blah, dee, dee, blah. And I'll go in and dictate this email to you. And then I'll say dash dash at the end, new paragraph, um, and I'll say this, the next will be the entry for my text notes. Katie Floyd and I spoke at, you know, such a day at such a time about X, Y, and Z. And I think Katie and I are going to be able to work great together. And I told her I'd follow up on this or that. 
And, and then I say new paragraph, dash, dash, new paragraph. And then if it's something that's a billable event, I'd say, you know, confer with Katie Floyd and blah, 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 blah. So I, I'll go through and just cover the whole gamut of everything that happened from that transaction with my voice. Um, that to me is a lot faster than typing it. And I, I do have some issues with my, some issues that allow, if I, you know, I, I can, and I, I cannot type, you know, incessantly without having some physical problems. So I try to, you so know, some RSI issues. Yeah. Well, it's, for me, it's a little different than RSI, but you guys don't want to hear about that. But either way, uh, I have some limitations so I can do it. And, and the fact is I can do it faster and it's really more accurate. Now, most of that stuff I just dictated, like the notes, the only person that's ever going to read it is me. So if the dictation makes a few mistakes, that's okay. I can figure it out. Uh, the email, I always proofread emails anyway. And then like the billing entry, I'll proofread as well. And so I have that in and maybe I'll go through in a morning and I'll have four or five of those types of transactions and it's all in that text file. None of that stuff is processed yet. And then when, you know, I'm cooked or when I decide, okay, I'm going to stop for a minute and listen to some music or whatever, then I go to the byword file and I copy and paste the text to the relevant places it needs to be. And I send off emails. So it's like, I had a client one time ask me, I don't understand how you just sent me like three emails in a row that had like all this content in them. Well, you know, the, the fact is I had, I had prepared them over the course of a morning. Yeah. So your the byword file is like your open inbox. It's your things to be. It's your digital kind of inbox. It's things that are to be processed. Yeah. It's it's almost like drafts for Mac. Yeah, it is. It is. He really Boy, needs to get that on be that, great, man. man. I've talked just, about. Oh yeah, we've ta- we've had words about that. Anyway, drafts for Mac. But it, it, this works just as well for me, and it's it's great. And you know, it's so flexible because it's just a text file. It's saved to iCloud. So if suddenly, you know, and I'm assuming you save them regularly. Do you, do you save them after you've processed them or do you then just get rid of them? No, after I process them, I delete them because all that stuff went somewhere else. Right. But I'm I'm sure you save them internally throughout the day. When I open the file, I I type XDTS at the top and it's my, it's my, um, your text expander snippet. Yeah. For the date and time string. And then, and as I go through these, if, if, um, like for instance, the note entries, um, I, I kind of skipped over that earlier, but when I do a note entry, I'll type XDTS and that, that puts the date and timestamp. And then I dictate and I do it right after I get off the phone with you. So it's, it's relatively accurate and man, does it scare. I mean, this is the lawyer thing, but man, does it scare the opposing party when you're like, oh yeah, you and I spoke on November 2nd at 2 PM and you said X, Y, Z. Yeah. Okay. So you're dictating all of this in and throughout in ByWord throughout the day on the Mac. Now, what what program are you using for this? How often do you use the built-in dictation for the Mac versus, you know, a third-party specialized dictation program? Well, because I'm a nerd, uh, I'm always trying them both. Um, and the two options you've got, if you're interested in, in something like this, is the built-in dictation, which has got increasingly better. Or uh, Dragon Dictate, which just came out with version 5. So I'm looking at using um, both of them right now, and I'm going to talk in the show about the differences. Uh, but let's let's start with the built-in dictation. Uh, I believe it was, it might have been two releases ago that Apple put built-in dictation on the Mac. And it's really clever, you know, because they built this stuff for iOS. I think they said, well, let's add it to the Mac too. Too bad they didn't put Siri with that yet. Um, but... So if you, uh, on your Mac right now, if you've got uh, El Capitan or Yosemite or even, I think, a one or two releases before that, if you hit your function key twice, 
and you've got your cursor anywhere in your Mac, you can just start talking and it'll transcribe for you. Well, now, I don't believe it's on by default. I, I think if they've never set up dictation before, they do have to activate it originally. I've, I've, I've forgotten. Maybe you're right. Yeah, but. no, it's, it's not. So in order to activate it initially, you do need to go into system preferences and then click on the dictation and speech system preference pane. And you'll see um, a little microphone icon and you can choose which microphone. For example, right now it sees my Rode Podcaster, which is the microphone that I use to podcast. But dictation can be on or off. And if you've never used dictation before, then you'll just have to click the box to check it on and then pick your language. It's going to be whatever your, your system language is by default, and then pick your shortcut. By default, it's going to be press the function key twice. Yes. And, and by default, it, it does everything in the cloud. So it records your voice, sends it up to the Apple servers. They transcribe it and send it back, which raises some privacy questions for people. Mm. And, and it also raises, uh, frankly, some, some, system, you know, pref- uh, some system optimization questions. Well, because it's it's not you, number one. You have to be on the internet. You have to be connected. You have to have a connection in order for this to happen, and yeah, it's not instantaneous. It's got to go up to the cloud. Slower. Something's got to happen, and then boom, then it shows up. And then, so then, in a in a subsequent release of Mac OS ten, which is now active, they have enhanced dictation, and it's in yes. that same setting that Katie was talking about. And you you click the button, and it downloads. I think it's a I think it's about a gigabyte. Yeah, size it's, it's one point two gigabytes is the current size. Yeah, and so what they do is they push the engine down to your Mac. So you're going to give up some hard drive space, but then your Mac is going to be doing the dictation locally. And this is strongly recommended. It has the MPU seal of approval. If you want to do dictation, just go for it. You know, make make space on your drive. <laughs> you know, one gigabyte's not the end of the world. Uh, so so get that down there, and then let it do the stuff locally. Um, now, once you've done that, you're, you're really in the door. And I think this is the, the entry point. I mean, I'm going to talk later about Dragon 5 and, and why I think it's better than the built-in dictation. But I don't think that the, uh, the built-in dictation is any slouch either. I think a lot of people could get by just fine without stepping up to Dragon. Well, and I think it's certainly a starting point. I mean, in, if you don't even know if you are the type of person who likes to dictate or not, certainly don't. And you can usually get Dragon for somewhere between 100 and 150 bucks or so. I know it retails for a little bit more, but certainly don't start with Dragon if you don't even know that you like to dictate. Yeah, yeah. So Dragon entry price now they've got version five out is two hundred dollars, and with the Bluetooth mic it's three hundred dollars. You know, with the wireless mic, and that comes with a mic. Uh, You can you can always find it on Amazon around a hundred bucks. Right, and sometimes Stack Social has it on sale, and you know other places like that. But, but you're right. I think if you haven't done this before, it's a great way to get started. And every release of Mac OS X, it gets a little better. I did uh, a couple of years ago for Macworld Magazine, I did an article for them where I went through and had um, a scientific excerpt that I used as a sample dictation. And I dictated with my, I think, significant experience as a dictator and then compared the results between the two systems. And I found at the time, Dragon was 96% accurate and OS X dictation was 89% accurate. Both of those numbers sound pretty good. Uh, although 89% means that 11% of your words are wrong. So that, that's, that's a bit of work to fix that. Um, well, I and if, get, think about if you're like dictating a phone number. That's, yeah. that's at least one of the digits is wrong. But rarely does it get addicted. And that, that wasn't the type of thing it got wrong. I mean, they, they're very good at getting phone numbers, both systems. 
Uh, usually it's something where it's something more obscure. One of the problems with the OS 10 dictation that has been in every iteration of it, and I never understood why they didn't fix it, was uh, parentheses. If you dictate a parentheses, it removes the leading space between the word and the leading parentheses. It's been doing that for years. And I'm like, well, how, how does this... Does anybody at Apple use this? Because <laughs> having to go in and put a space between a word and a parenthesis every time you have a parenthesis, that gets old. And um, with the new version of OS X, uh, that is fixed. So somebody must have finally figured that out. But, you know, so things like that are the types of errors you see. Um, and also occasionally it gets, you know, the ice cream versus ice cream example. It gets, it just gets the wrong word. You know, I was dictating the word monocle. You know, like the monocle, the thing you put in your eye, and uh, they got a different word entirely for it. So I, sometimes, I, do I want to know why you were dictating the word monocle? It's part of the super secret recording session I did this last week, so you'll okay. find out. All right, but either way, um, so it, it just makes mistakes like that, and um, but you know, Dragon does too. Dragon still misspells MacWorld every time I dictate <laughs> it. You yeah. know, it put puts the. Um, it's just it's in their it's in their database wrong. It always has been. It camel caps the W and every time I send, especially when I was working more for Macworld, and I'd send them an email and I dictate it, uh, you know, I had to make sure it never put one through where I misspelled the name of the, the company that was about to pay me. So, um, you know, so they all have little problems like this, but in general, OS 10 dictation has more of them than dragon does, but it's not a slouch. I mean, it is a great place to get started. Right. And so, if if you are going to to move on to the next thing, if you are going to move on from OS ten dictation into Dragon dictation, where do you suggest they start? I I know you use a Bluetooth. Do you still use a Bluetooth headset when you're dictating, or did you go with the wired version? Uh, no, I am. Um, in fact, I have a. We're going to talk about mics later. I've got a whole section of the outline on mics, but uh, my current rig is because I am sitting at my desk a lot now. Yeah, I'm right. I'm, I work from home more than I work from an office anymore. Um, I use my podcasting mic, which is a really great mic. So that gives Dragon and Dictation the best possible input. So I just pull it in front of my face and start talking, um, which is nice. Right. But that's uh, what I was getting more. But do people need, like if, they, if they're just starting out, so they should start out first with the, with the Mac set. And then if they want to upgrade to something more, can they get the basic Dragon set without an external microphone? Or I think it comes with a basic microphone in the box. But is that going to be good enough? Or are they going to then need to go out and buy something else? Or can they start and then and add on a mic and add on something else later? I think that the one that comes with the basic Dragon set is good enough for the rest of your dictation life. Okay. It's not that I don't think it, I mean, you need a mic that's got a fairly close reach, one that's not going to get a whole bunch of external noise. You know, it's like if you're in a room and it's got air conditioning or fans and things going off, um, that, can, you know, the harder you make it to with background noise, the harder it is for the dictation engine to figure out what you're saying. Right. But the, the one that comes with the dragon is built just for that. They have a wireless one. Uh, that works pretty good too, but you know, it's Bluetooth and if the battery starts going down, it, it's not as good as a wired mic, but I used a wireless one for years and, and I, I was able to dictate with it fine. And I was in a relatively small office and I'd walk around with it in my head, you know, and, um, the, uh, so you're okay with mics. One of the things that has changed since the last time we talked about this is all the laptops are currently shipping with two microphones. They have a main microphone and a noise canceling microphone. So, you know, one of the things that's kind of funny is I've, you know, my, my, my little MacBook, you know, the one mm -hmm. that everybody says is underpowered and everything. 
it's got two mics. So I run OS 10 dictation and dragon uh, five on it. I don't use a microphone. I just talk and it works fine. Now, the thing about the, the OS 10 dictation, it, it, teams, it tends to work right out of the box. There's, there's no training necessary. And on one hand, that's great because you just press function twice and you start using it. On the other hand, we've, we've noticed that, that that accuracy tends to go down. I think one of the reasons that Dragon is more efficient and is more effective is because you do have to train it. There is that when you, when you start it up, one of the first thing it prompts you to do is to go through the process of start training the microphone. So... Um, are you going to have to retrain it every time you're, you're flipping back and forth through microphones? That was, that was a problem with dragon for years that made me crazy. Every time you switched mics, it made you go through the training regimen all over again. So if I would take my headset microphone that came with my original dragon purchase and plug it into my Mac and train that, that'd be great. But then as soon as I pulled out the podcasting mic and say, Oh, you have a new mic. Now you need to go through the whole training regimen again. And, um, and there was no good reason for that, except that they just never got around to fixing that. But Dragon 5, the new version that just came out, like within the last month, finally fixed it. I mean, today I, I was talking earlier about how I got a new board. So the, um, the machine saw my new board as a new microphone in essence. Mm-hmm. And, um, and all I had to do was run the volume test. So Dragon could set the, you know, set the level to get it right. Didn't make me do any of the training again. And it just used my existing dictation file. So that's, that is, um, I'm not going to praise it because it should have never been a problem to begin with, but at least it's no longer a problem. Right. Now, what does that process work? It's been a while since I've, I've gone through the dragon training, but I seem to remember it was about, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, depending on how quickly you do it. But it, it was a process of reading a number of words and phrases and it would give you a paragraph or two and, and you would go through and you would read the paragraph. Yeah, they, the new they they've improved it now. When you 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 actually read kind of a dragon manual, it's like teaching you how to use the application. Oh, that so, makes sense. Rather than just reading nothing. Yeah, so you're getting something out of it. But then they've got three or four additional, like they've got one that's like a humorous essay, and they've got some other stuff later. And um, I just I've got the new version. I started with a clean new dictation file. Although it could have upgraded my old one, I thought you know I'm just going to start clean. And I've only done the initial training. And one of the things the new application does is it, it reminds you once in a while saying, hey, why don't you do a little more training and help make us more accurate? So I'm eventually going to get through all of their training files. But the initial one, like you said, well, 10 to 20 minutes is a fair estimate of how long it takes to do the initial training. But you can also have it look at like you can feed it a folder full of text files. Like one of the things I, I did as a test was I fed it um in my day job, one of my uh, folders of, of Word documents and pages documents and just a bunch of text. And then I was able to dictate the names in that case very easily because it, the, you know, all those strange words that it saw in there, it added to its library, which That's is something great. you can't do with OS 10. Right. Now, Dragon also has um, the ability to control your system a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, you know, I, I don't know how useful that is. I, I, it, the, uh, the new version is really, uh, you know, the engine has always been good in Dragon Dictate on Mac, but the, the user interface and like a lot of the side bits have always been a little wonky and they've really gone out of their way to fix a bunch of stuff. And one of the things that's improved is the user interface. And now it makes it much easier to teach you commands and suggest commands that you can use to command your computer in addition to dictating words. And like one of the ones that just popped up on my screen while I was going through emails a few days ago, um, because I do sometimes also answer or dictate email responses in the email application. 
and I finished it and it was a simple email and the dictation was a hundred percent. And then it said, you know, it gave me a sample says, you can say, send this email. So I said, okay, send this email and whoosh, it went, you know, cool. and, uh, you know, so there, there are things you can do with that. And really this isn't the end of that story. We have a, um, a site impaired Mac power user that's going, that's agreed to come on the show um, in the next couple months. And we're going to have somebody that really, you know, obviously needs tons of dictation power on her Mac. And I can't wait to hear how she does it. Cause I know there's even more powerful tools than that, but like I can open Safari and I can, there's all sorts of things I can do. Um, but to me at a certain point that takes longer and becomes more tedious than just using my mouse and keyboard. Right. And Dragon also a couple of versions ago introduced a, um, I guess for lack of a better word, a transcription service. So that if you had uh, audio files that you had recorded through other means, like I think you had a, a dictaphone that you were recording things on for a while, um, that you could then feed it the raw audio files and it would transcribe those. Does yes. it still do that? Yes. And it just gets better and better. And so I've got a little Sony recorder I carry in my pocket that I can dictate into and once again, I dictate into it the same way I dictate into that byword file. I just put words and I don't try to make it fancy, but you know, if I know there's some words I want to say and get them transcribed, a lot of the books I write, it's bits of text. I'll sit there and, you know, dictate out into a recorder. Uh, also, you know, if you've got like, it, it can read a wave file. So if you've got a dictation, a recording app on your, in your phone, I mean, the, the iPhone does a good job recording your voice. So you could use that as well and then send that file over to your Mac and transcribe it. And the, the setup process for that is actually more difficult than it is for the actual dictation element. In, in what way? In transcription. The first couple times you set it up, it needs like a two minute file and it goes through it and you, you literally go through every word and say, is that right? Is that wrong? Or actually get groups of words. It doesn't about a sentence at a time. And you need to do some training with it so it starts to get, understand you. You cannot transcribe like two people talking. It's not going to work. But just for one person talking, it's just fine. Well, and again, it's it's true dictation. I mean, we, we've thought about transcribing our podcasts, and that's been kind of an ongoing conversation that we've had. The problem is, is we don't, uh, we don't add punctuation in our podcasts, period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Question mark. <laughs> because comma people would be very tired of listening very quickly. Period. But but so that's you know that's the um. But I guess I, let me just wind back. We we went through Dragon pretty fast. Dragon Five is the new version that came out recently. And Nuance, the makers of Dragon, um, got into the Mac. I don't know. I've lost track of time now. I'd, I'd say it's about six or seven years ago they got into it. Um, dictation on the Mac was terrible for a very long time. And then there was a company called Mac Speech that did a pretty good job. I had that application. And then I think I was at Macworld and, you know. I think that, you were because I think I was there with you when it happened. And they, at some point, you know, well, they were licensing. They got the license for the Nuance engine, the Dragon engine. And then suddenly Mac Speech became really uh, a useful tool. And um, then uh, I think the people at Nuance saw how many copies of Mac Speech they were selling. They said, you know, we think we'd like to do that. And I think they just bought Mac Speech outright and folded it in. And and it took a couple of years for the application to go fully, you know, native at the Nuance offices. But it is now. And I still think, um, I, well, actually, I don't know because I haven't used it on the PC recently. But uh, in general, over the last few years, the PC version was ahead of the Mac version. 
uh, especially with the interface type stuff that the Mac version just seemed kind of tired on. But they've made improvements on the interface, and I don't know. I would assume it's the same engine underneath. So I think we're pretty close to the PC version if we haven't matched them at this point. So, so they came out with a new version, and Nuance has also got another thing they've announced. There's a bunch of articles on it on the internet, but it's not out yet, and it's called Dragon Anywhere, and that's supposed to release this fall, and it is an iOS application, and uh, I guess, well, we're going to talk about iOS in a minute, So, but I'm going to tease you that they have something special planned for iOS. Awesome. Well, that sounds probably like a good segue then for us to go ahead and start talking about iOS. But um, maybe before we do, David, I'm going to take a quick break here and tell you a little bit about our exclusive sponsor for this podcast. Um, And that is our good friends at Smile. And I just want to point out that if you have not taken advantage of this amazing offer yet, we are in the final days of Smile's 20% off sale. Now, Smile does not have sales very often. They do not give discounts regularly on their products. But because they love podcasts and because they love Mac Power users, listeners especially, and because we know that you all love a deal, Smile is offering 20% off new licenses purchased directly through them between now and October 15th. So you've got um, just a couple of more weeks here to to take advantage of this. That means you can save 20% off PDF Pen Pro. PDF Pen or PDF Pen Pro. Uh, That's the all-purpose PDF editor for Mac that lets you do things like add signatures, add text, add images to your PDFs. You can make changes directly on the PDFs. You can correct typos. In fact, I was just using PDF Pen Pro today, David, um, on a document that I had created for a client, and I wanted to make it interactive. So I started adding form fields to that document so the client could edit the document, but without editing my work, just editing the specific things that they need to. Um, And you can also save 20% off Text Expander, which is the first product that I have to install on my Mac because I cannot type without Text Expander. It saves your fingers and your keyboard all kinds of uh, needless typing because it will allow you to expand your custom keyboard shortcuts into frequently used text and pictures. So the way that you can take advantage of this is go to smilesoftware.com slash MPU or use coupon code MPU at checkout. A couple of little things you need to know. This is 20% off new licenses, PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro and Text Expander only. Um, this this upgrade doesn't this uh, discount doesn't apply to ebooks or upgrades. And unfortunately, it's not available via the Mac App Store because they can't do discounts through the Mac App Store. It's only available through direct purchases from Smile. Um, the coupons are good now through October 15th, so go ahead and uh, go figure that out. And if you want to learn more about Smile's awesome products before you tr- uh, buy them, well, you can download them. There's a free trial available. But the uh, awesome Mr. Max Sparky uh, decided to do some screencasts. So you can go over to smilesoftware.com and you can watch a bunch of screencasts that he's done both on PDF Pen and on Text Expander. So you can learn how all of these things work. Well, you can learn how to do things like annotate a PDF or add signatures to your PDF or touch up images or perform OCR or create fancy fill-in snippets uh, all, all through uh, the browser, just, just watching his amazing videos that have cute little background music too, I must add. So uh, go check all that out at smilesoftware.com slash MPU. And thanks to Smile for their support of the show. All right, um, iOS and and. Well, we've got a lot to talk about on iOS because I want to talk both about dictation, but I really also want to talk about Siri as well. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Uh, but maybe we should start with dictation, though. Yeah, no, we there. should. We should because because you're on your dictation bandwagon here. <laughs> well, it's 
it's, see, to me, I love dictation, as you as you can tell from the first half of our show. I use it quite often on my Mac. But for me, I, I don't know what it is. Like, my daughter is so fast on that iPhone keyboard, and I just, I've never got there. Like, and, you, you know, know, that's my goal. My goal is to be as fast as they are, and my goal is to be able to type on my iPhone keyboard without looking. And I, I try. I really do practice, and I can't do it. Yeah, well, I don't practice that much. But, like, for instance, when they la- added last year the feature where when you start typing words, it gives you suggested words. And everybody made fun of it, at least all the, like, the iPad pros, you know, did. I, I didn't do that. I mean, I I love that feature because I'm looking I'm looking to find a way to shortcut my way to get those words in. I've tried swipe keyboards. I'm just not as fast as anybody else is. And uh, so and I like dictation. So when they added the little microphone button and if you look on the keyboard of your iPhone, this probably shouldn't surprise you. Uh, there's a little microphone button next to, this, to the left side of the space bar. And yeah. you have to have an Internet connection or it won't work. But if you do. You can tap that button and you can start talking and the words magically appear. And you know what? I can keep up with my daughter when we, we have races sometimes because that's the kind of nerd family we are. Uh, I can totally keep up with her if you let me dictate. <laughs> so, so a lot of people complained about dictation in iOS in the earlier days. I personally, I, I think it's getting better. And have you found that as well? I, I've never thought it was that bad. Um to be honest with you, but I, I, am a careful dictator. I, you know, I plan my sentence before I say it and I dictate. So I've always been pretty good at it, but I think it's better. It is better. And that shouldn't surprise us. I mean, it's a web-based service and they have a ton of data now that they didn't have the first time they used it. So they're much better at figuring out the various forms of ice cream. And so we're, you know, it's, it's, it's better now and it's going to be better next year. And I'm sure in a couple of years, Two or three years from now, if we do another show on dictation, I'll say, well, back in 2015, I told you it was good. Now it's even better because yeah. it just it just keeps getting better. I'm um, kind of a vanilla person. I know that's plain, but I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. For the gotcha. ice cream. Yeah. Mint and chip. Um, and I, I like uh, this whole thing with caramel and sea salt. I don't know why. I know it's kind of tiring for people, but I am so down with it. I don't know. Why. Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to try that. Yeah. yeah. But, but the, uh, just classic vanilla or chocolate chip and vanilla. Uh, vanilla, vanilla is like the last ice cream I will eat. Ugh. Mm. Strawberry. I'm, I'm good with good. Like See, good I don't strawberry. like, I don't like any kind of fruit in my ice cream. I don't, you oh, know, I don't like, I like fruit and dessert period. Other than like apple pie. That's okay. the one exception. Okay. That almost doesn't count. Yeah. That almost doesn't count. With, with a big scoop of vanilla ice cream on top. <laughs> there you All go. Right. We digress. Okay, so so dictation on iOS is is really a thing now. So you can anywhere you need to put words, you can hit the little microphone button and go. In fact, I, I attribute the iOS dictation to my love affair with the drafts application because I press a button, the drafts application opens up. I hit the microphone, I dictate something, I push another button, and it's emailed or text or something magical happens. So it's like three presses and a couple words and. It's just a super efficient workflow, and that's only possible because of dictation. But dictating on iOS is not the same as dictating on your um, on your Mac because it, it, iOS is not infinitely patient. It only has a time limit. I should have looked this up before the show started. I think it's about thirty seconds, but um, I'm it not feels sure. Like that. Yeah. I can tell you for me what it is. It's um, for me. It's between two and three sentences, and. So, so this is the problem you have. You start dictating into it. And once you get good at it, you're going to get used to it. And you're going to want to uh, keep going. And, and the worst thing that can happen is you, you go on for sentence number three or four, and the dictation ends in the middle. 
I tell you, I think with iOS 9, that has gotten better because I have found that I will get the, you know, boop, boop, notice that it has cut me off, but it will then finish my sentence. So I think it may be giving you a little warning before it actually cuts you off. Yeah, because if if you don't, if it does cut you off in the middle of the sentence, getting the, the next sentence started is going to be a problem. There's going to be a random capitalization or an extra space or there's going to be no space. There's going to be some issue that you have to go back and correct with that little tiny keyboard later. So I always try and play it safe. Maybe that's why I haven't seen this improvement because I, I get like two sentences in and I stop. And then I hit the microphone button again and I continue. So it takes a little more patience to do it that way, but then you don't have those little problems. Well, I think the good rule of thumb is every time you stop to think for a minute, you lift up and then you press again and start again. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's there and it works and it works anywhere. Anywhere that you can put text in on your iPhone or your iPad. But it does not have unlimited time. And that's the that's the that's the white whale on this for me because when I the the really effective way for me to dictate is to be able to sit there and scratch my navel and figure it out and and dictate one sentence at a time. And once I get on a roll with that, I'm I'm great. Like we did a whole show called Cooking Ideas, which I refer to about once every six months. And the um I look at a mind map or an outline and I can I can dictate pages and thousands of words off an outline once I get rolling, but I don't want to have to keep pushing that dumb microphone button. Um, so that's the promise of Dragon Anywhere, which is this new application from from Nuance that is supposed. I, I know some people in the press have already seen demos of it. So and it's supposed to be out in the fall, and we're in the fall. So at some point, you know, in that the means ne- like November fifteenth fall. It could be, but who knows? I mean, we'll find out. I mean, it's not Apple. It's it's Nuance. That's true. Um, so, and, and I don't know what the model is. I don't know if it's going to be a subscription service or if it's going to be an app you pay for. Um, but the idea of Dragon Anywhere is it is unlimited dictation on iOS. So you can be sitting on your iPad and you can wait between sentences. It's not going to stop collecting data. Um, so hopefully that, that comes out soon and it's got a model that works and it's a good application. I, I'm still stinging a little bit with Nuance. Um, and this is an old dispute, but... Several years ago, they had a separate version of Dragon. It was like a simplified version of Dragon that they sold in the Mac App Store. And they um, it was in the Mac App Store first premiered, and I bought it. It was like 50 bucks because I, I just wanted to compare it to the full-blown version. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was actually really competitive. It didn't have as much learning, and it didn't do transcription. And there, there were limitations to it. But if you just wanted to dictate, I, I, I recommended to it. I'm sure people bought it because I told them to. And then they came out with a update of the OS and it stopped working. It, it was just crashing on the new OS. It wouldn't work. And they, they, they left it in the app store and they didn't take it down. I wrote, I wrote them letters and um, you know, and, and obviously then their reviews went down the toilet, but I'm like, what kind of company you either update the app or you pull it down, but you don't leave it up when it doesn't work. So um, it felt to me like they didn't care that much about the Mac at the time, but now it seems like they're kind of in fully invested. I mean, the new version of Dragon is, is way better. The, the the UI is fixed, and um, and now they've got this Dragon Anywhere thing coming to iOS. So I'll report back. But I think if you're looking for unlimited dictation on iOS, I think there's going to be at least an option. One thing that I've always, you know, my pipe dream every year when everybody's talking about their wish list for the new iPhone or the new iPad. One of mine is uh, put that 1.2 gigabyte dictation file right into the, um, you know, just put it right into the 
the chip. I mean, why can't we have it right on our device? So, well, there's been some talk of that. Well, some of the Android stuff has done it. I mean, this isn't unheard of. And if you did that, then you wouldn't have to go to the internet and probably you wouldn't have that, you know, arbitrary time limitation for your dictation. I kept thinking that we were going to get that on the iPhone six on the iPhone success and iOS nine. And, and yet we never really see it. I think it's hardware. I don't think you can do it in software. I think it has to be probably on the chip to be fast enough and to work. And if you're out there and you know more about this, let us know and we'll put it in the live show. But uh, I suspect it would have to be hardware. So I, I think that the ship has sailed on that for at least another year. But it, when they do that, then you wouldn't need Dragon anywhere. You'd be able to do it just with the built-in dictation. So yeah. Now, one of the th- changes that they did make in iOS 8 is that voice dictation was made more in real time. So there wasn't that that horrible where it paused oh, yeah. everything. You know what? I had completely, I'd completely removed that from my memory. Did you? Thanks no. for bringing it back. I'm sorry. So, so what they did before, for uh, those of you that don't remember or didn't have it, you would dictate where, you know, that was kind of terrible. You would dictate a sentence in, but you would have no idea if it worked or not. And then it would beep and it would spit it back out at you. Whereas now it puts the words up on the screen as you're typing, as you're you're speaking, which is a much better way of doing that. Yeah, but you still do have to be connected to the internet, which sucks. I remember the old system once in a while, I would dictate like a couple sentences and then it would give me those three little dots and then just say, nothing, sorry. Or it just beep at you. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Try again. (laughs) Boop, boop. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Well, we got a lot more to cover because there's this little thing called Siri that's got a few tips and tricks involved with it. Um, I think we've got this exclusive sponsor today, though. So let's just take a minute and talk about them a little bit more before we roll up our sleeves on Siri. And once again, that's our friends over at Smile. And I I just wanted to talk about PDF Pin. When I I opened my own practice, you know, one of the things you have to do is decide, well, where are you going to spend your money? And you know, am I going to, am I going to spend, you know, a lot of money to get Adobe Acrobat or am I going to go with something, you know, a little less expensive and that does most of the same things. And that's what I did. I went with PDF pin because it's a fraction of the cost and it has all the major features I need. It's got the ability to redact. It's got the ability to go in and, and, and fix text. You know, when you have the underlying OCR layer in your PDFs, you don't know how to fix that. Well, now you can do that in PDF pin. You just go in and it shows it to you and you can change the word. So the person who's blocking and copying out of it or whatever can do what they need. And it does even more than its competition in a lot of ways. Uh, Quite often I get sent um, contracts and documents to look at that people put in PDF form because they don't want me to make any changes to it. Well, guess what? I'm a lawyer. I like to make changes to documents. That's part of my job. So uh, rather than send some goofy text file to them saying, you know, in paragraph seven, line two, blah, dee, dee, blah, I just push a button in PDF pin And it goes to the internet, it takes the PDF, it converts it to a Word document, it grabs the formatting, it does a remarkably good job of getting the formatting right, and then it saves it to my my computer. And then I can open in Word and track changes and, you know, like a gentleman, fix the document. And this is just a a remarkable feature, just one of the many things you can do with PDF Pen. They've got a really good pricing model. It's not going to break the bank to have really professional level PDF tools on your Mac and your iOS device. And that's another thing about it. They've got it on iOS. They've got a version on the iPad and iPhone. Everything syncs through Dropbox or iCloud or you know however you want to connect all this stuff. So you can work on the documents from multiple locations. You know, when that new uh, super jumbo size iPad comes out, I'm really tempted to get one because I spend so much time in PDFs. Just think about that, being able to mark up a PDF with that Apple pen 
on my iPad and then seeing it on my Mac. All this stuff is just going to work. Now, uh, like the, um, since I'll toot my own horn, like the, uh, t uh, the text expander, I did a bunch of videos on PDF uh, pen as well. You can go watch those video tutorials and learn about it, but it's just a, a really nice feature set. It's all the stuff you really need. It's at a price that makes sense. And it's made by people who are really just great people and they want to make the best possible application. They obsess about it. They worry about it. We just talked to them a couple days ago and they've got all this great stuff planned from PDF pen because they just never stop. You can OCR your documents when they come in. You can turn them into Word files. Whatever it is you need to do with a PDF, PDF Pen has got you covered. Go check it out. And thank you, Smile, for sponsoring the Mac Power Users. So let's talk about everybody's favorite topic, Siri. Why do you say it that way? I love Siri. I do love Siri. They but we make, like, we make yeah. so many people upset when we talk about Siri because we make their phones go off. So we have to be careful when we talk about this topic. Okay, let's just set some ground rules. So um, now on on our, our, our brothers on the um, Relay FM network, they call it um, Ahoy Telephone. Right. Um, should we do that? Should we just take what they use or should we come up with our own? No, I think we should just use Ahoy Telephone. It's already out there. Yeah, let's do that. But if any of our listeners, I think Mac Power Users needs its own code word. So if anybody has a good one out there, let me know. What what do the um, Romulans call their telephones? Is it they have a name for it? I, I don't know. I think they just call them communicators as well. I've never heard. Okay. Hmm. Well, I, I could see us involving some some Star Trek here. So oh, Ahoy, communicator. Hello. The, hey, communicator. I don't know. The don't assignment's know been made. One. We're gonna, our listeners are smarter than us. They'll come up with something. But for today, it's a Hoy telephone. Yep. Yeah, that makes people mad. Uh, I, also, I think the thing about Siri was when it first came out, um, they uh, th they kind of created their own problem in a way because they had these cute commercials and, you know, give it the impression of being an actual person living inside your phone. Oh, the Big and, Bang Theory episode about Siri. Uh, I don't remember Where Raj, Raj fell in love with Siri? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have liked that, though. I missed that one, but, but there is this thing where, you know, it's just a computer and it's, it's got computer canned responses. And I think, you know, when they, when they have things like, you know, I was just prepping for today's show and I said, Siri, tell me a story. And it told me this whole long story and it makes you think it's a person when it's just a computer with canned responses. It's not far enough long yet that it can make you, that it can carry on the farce very long and I think a lot of people kind of expected it, that they could talk to it in any way and it would just do things for it, which would be, I think, is the ideal. I mean, the Siri of maybe 20 years from now, you can say anything to it and it will manage it for you. Maybe I could say, Siri, write a letter and uh, put it in an envelope and send it for me. And maybe Siri can figure a way to make that happen in 20 years. But now I don't think that's going to happen. It's pretty limited. You know, it's, it's pretty limited right now. And you have to learn its syntax. I mean, you have to speak Siri and um, and a lot of people don't want to spend the time to do that. But if you do, there are some definite advantages to it. Yeah. Um, and the syntax has gotten a little more forgiving. And yes, and Siri has text has Apple has has also gotten a little cuter with Siri. You know, when when Siri was on, uh, or sorry, when Tim Cook was on, was it the Colbert Show recently? Yeah. They yeah. they pre-programmed a bunch of questions you could ask. You know, hey Siri, what should I ask Tim or something? Oh, god, sorry. Ahoy, telephone. Hey, oh, what should um, I ask Tim? Oh, man. Oh, well. Sorry about that. Maybe we could, um, I don't know, maybe we go. We could bleep it. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but e either way, uh, so, so there's two elements to Siri. The first is 
you hold down the button and you say some words and that is Apple, you know, iOS dictation. So it has to get the words right because, you know, the computer that takes the words and interprets them as something else. That's the second step. If you, you know, it's garbage in and garbage out. So if the dictation part doesn't get it right, the second part is definitely going to fail. So there's two things that it's a chain, I guess you'd say, and, and two pieces need to work. Number one is it needs to dictate the words correctly. Well, since Siri first premiered, it's got better at dictating the words correctly. So right. that happens less frequently. And then the second piece of that is now Siri that it's got the words it needs to do the right things with the words. And once again, it's got a little better at that because it's it's accepting more syntax to put things in. Like we're going to talk later about creating appointments. And I've always had a hard time, but I finally zeroed in on the syntax that I can remember and that what works for me to create events. So, you know, you do need to kind of learn it a little bit. This isn't something that you just pick up and go at. Uh, but there's there's hope for you. I mean, if you haven't done it, it it's not that hard. And, and we're going to give you a bunch of syntax during the show. So you could take some notes there. But also, if you don't do that, you could just activate Siri. If you activate, I'm going to activate it right now. And when you activate it, there is a um, there's a button for you. Yeah, there's a little say. there's a little question mark over on the left side uh, of the screen at the very bottom that will show you some samples of things that you can say to Siri. Yeah. And not only is it just samples, it samples pursuant to applications. So I would recommend going through that. I mean, there's samples in here on a bunch of different applications. And when you start looking through those, you're going to find a ton of stuff you can use. And it gives you the exact syntax that Siri would understand. Right. Where things start to get complicated is is when you start trying to add multiple things. For example, if you want to combine times and dates and putting things on certain lists, then you have to be really careful to get your syntax in the proper order. Yes. Or you end up yeah. with all these unnecessary words in your to-do list item or whatever. But let's just talk about the general concept of Siri. Um, you you um, hold down a button or you say Ahoy Telephone and your phone activates and you say a few words and it gives you information or does some action on your behalf. Right. Um, By the way, on, on the Ahoy Telephone front, we should say that with iOS 9, uh, Apple has added the ability uh, in the settings, in Siri settings, to be able to train that a little bit to your voice so that David and I are less likely to activate your Siri yeah, if with you our voice. Is that, a, is that an iPhone 6S thing or is that... No, I could do it with my iPhone 6 as well. I think it's an iOS 9 thing. So it even works with your old technology. It's not that old. <laughs> it, so you go in. Oh, that was a little defensive, Katie. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, but yeah, you and go it's in. It's currently and being sold still. You, you train, hey Siri. So, oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. So you train it, and mine just activated, so that worked. Um. Uh, anyway, you train. So you train it to your voice, and hopefully, it um, it works better. But just the whole idea of it. Is that something that is a good thing? You know, the fact that you can activate it with your voice or a push of a button and make things happen. I think there's a lot of people that just aren't interested in that to begin with. Hmm. I am. I am too. I agree. But I mean, I just kind of in my travels, when I, I, sh I show it to people, they're like, eh, I'm not sure I need that. Um, well, I've, I think, I've had a couple of people ask me to turn off Siri on their phone because they keep activating it by accident. Yeah. And one of the things that happened with the new phone, I think this is just with the new phone, that they were able to move the the part of the phone that listens for a Hoy telephone to the motion coprocessor. 
So it means it takes a lot less power and that it can always be active before you had to have your phone plugged in for that to work. Whereas now the microphone is always listening, even if the phone's not plugged in. Mm, yeah, that's true. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of things that Siri is, is best for, because Siri can do a lot, but there's certainly some tasks that she's better suited for than others or he Siri, Siri can be a he now, I guess he always has been in some countries, but now you can choose. Yeah. What, what is your Siri voice? I, I've always kept the default Siri. I've, I've just gotten used to it. So one of the, probably the thing that I use Siri for most often uh, is reminders. And I actually have the back end hooked up to both OmniFocus and Do because a couple of apps, including both of those apps now, allow you to have third-party integration with your reminders list. But yeah. I have always used Siri for reminders, even just quick things like um, adding things to certain reminders lists like Ahoy Telephone, add bananas to my shopping list, or... Um, remind me to do this. In fact, I keep my iPad next to my bed at night and it's kind of become my de facto scratch pad because last night's a perfect example. I, I woke up realizing something that I had to do at work today. And I, a lot of times I will say to myself, Oh, you know what? This is so important. I will surely remember it when I wake up in the morning and inevitably, don't you I love don't. That? Yeah, <laughs> inevitably, I don't. So I've I used to keep a scratch pad next to my bed or a little book. Um, now I just keep my iPad and I I tell Siri remind me to whatever whatever. Uh, it's added to my reminders and then I roll over and go back to sleep. Yeah, the the way when I drive, I keep my phone. Um, it's um like head down in a cup holder next to me. And when I am, um, when I'm driving down the road, I'll think of something that I need to do when I get home. And, you know, it's like, and so what I'll do is I'll just reach down and I'll hold down the button on the phone and then it activates and, and my phone's Bluetooth. So, this, so there's a microphone in my car that connects to the phone and I'll say, remind me to, you know, water the lemon tree when I get home and, and Siri will remember and it knows where I live. And this isn't an OmniFocus thing. This is just a basic reminder and when I pull in my driveway, sure enough, um, it'll remind me to water the lemon tree. And sure enough, I will have forgotten that I was going to water the lemon tree. So um, it's a really convenient way to do things. And uh, I think that's a pretty safe way to do things when you're driving down the road. You're not taking your eye off the road. You're not touching anything. You're not looking at any screens. You just say a few words and there it is. Yeah. I'll, pr I'll probably get email on that, but you know, that's how I do it. Um, and those reminders are just getting better and better with iOS nine. They added this new feature called remind me of this. And this is something you really need to check out. Like I, you can be almost anywhere on, on the built-in apps and some of the third party apps as well. And say, remind me of this. I had a, an email from somebody that came in right before we started the podcast. And it's an email I definitely want to deal with. And I just said, remind me of this. And now there's a reminder built in attached to that email that I, that's going to, you know, give me a reminder once we get off the podcast today. So, um, re, the reminder feature is a really good, you know, th that one and timers, I think are the two that anybody should be able to pick up very quickly. Um, so you've got the ability for reminders to happen location specific, date and time specific, um, and then even more than locations like a certain place, but also locations such as um, cars, for example. Now it can learn when you connect to certain Bluetooth. Uh, yeah. So you can say, remind me when I get in my car. Or remind me when I leave here. 
to call my wife and right. like I could be anywhere and, and like she'll call. sometimes I'll be in a meeting and she'll call and I can't take the call, but I'll, I'll give myself a reminder to call her when I leave and I'll forget. But once I get in my car and pull away from the place, it says, oh, he just left here and then it'll tell me, hey, give her a call. Right. The the other thing that I use Siri quite often for is setting quick timers. Um, you, you'll be proud of me, David. We we got a fussy coffee maker at the office. We do we do a French press now. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's uh, six six scoops and then six minutes. Wow. I, I don't know anything about coffee. You know that, right? Oh, really? What's I don't know on? anything about coffee. I'm completely clueless. Okay. Well, it's kind of like tea. So you you put the you put the coffee yeah. in the water and then it's got to steep for so long. Yeah, you press it through or something. And yeah, yeah. There's but, the and the the granules. I think they're made of tree bark or something, right? Isn't yeah. that where they get them? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens. Please email David. Um, but anyway, so I set a quick timer. I say ahoy telephone. Set a timer for six minutes, and then when six minutes goes off, I have delicious coffee waiting. Okay, so here's my question to you: Where do you say ahoy tell? Do you do ahoy telephone, or do you do it to your watch? I do it to my watch. Yeah, yeah. and that's one of the thing about Siri that's new is. It's everywhere. I mean, it's on your watch. It's on your phone. It's on your iPad. It's not on your Mac yet, but having it on your watch is really convenient. Oh, I will tell you that I have gotten more. In fact, the the money that I have spent for my Apple watch, if it did nothing else other than tell me the time and give me access to Siri, I think it would be worth it because I use Siri so much on the Apple Watch for setting timers, for quickly responding to texts, and for adding things to my reminders list. I, I would tell you that the watch has become my default location for accessing Siri now because the watch is always on, um, kind of with the exception of, of when I'm in bed because that's when it's charging. So that's when I have to, you know, use my iPad that's sitting on the nightstand table. But because my watch is with me all the time now, it's Siri is everywhere. It's it's about as close as I think we're going to have to to having, you know, the Siri on the chip in our brain. Well, it, it is much it is much more uh, often used because it's just always on you. Um we have I have a, a thing I'm working with for a guy. Uh how's that for vague? But I'm dealing with a person in South Korea that we're making a deal on. And the first time I called him, I, I, I'm an idiot or something. I misread because I, I went on the internet and said, you know, what time is it in South Korea? And it gave me a table and I misread it. And the guy had the guy's cell phone. I called him at like three in the morning and I just felt like such a dummy. And, um, and I felt really bad. So now every time I call, I had to call him earlier today. I just go to my watch. What time is it in South Korea? You know, ahoy telephone and then say that. And, you know, it's always right. And I never blow it again. And, I know you, there's other ways to do that, but I'm not sure there's any other way that's faster than me just asking the question. Um, yeah, it's just, it's nice. It, it is nice. And I think that if you haven't used it much, uh, I'm going to be the sales guy here and tell you, you should start playing with it. Cause we're going to sh- now share you uh, some of our favorite Siri uh, tricks as well. Right. Um, and direct, go ahead. I've mentioned a couple of mine, you know, I always use it for reminders and timers and then quick text. I use it all the time for, you know, quick couple message texts, a couple, couple of word text messages back and forth is my big thing. Yeah. And that's another one on the watch. That's really good. Yeah. But, but Siri but, has evolved quite a bit. It can do even more now. But I mean, even like the, and it's smart. Like I, um, I uh, sent you a text message before we started today because I was testing a few things out. And one of the things that it's learned is that the you know katie you're the number one katie in my life right oh, <laughs> so, isn't that great. special yes so i i just say tell katie i'm ready to record now and it knows that it's you it doesn't 
it doesn't have to figure that out. But that's the syntax. You say tell person, and then you in, dictate the text. That's way faster than me going to the messages app, typing it in, pressing it in. Oh, excuse me. Uh, it's just not, there's just no other way to do it. Um, it's also better at getting directions. So you can just tell it to get directions to either the nearest coffee shop or to a specific place or home. Yeah, the, there, there's this running battle with um, Apple Maps and Google Maps. And Apple has definitely been catching up. I don't know if they're any better. Right? Maybe they're not as good, but they're close. But for me, the whole reason why Apple Maps always wins is because it's connected to Siri. Um, and I can be anywhere. I'm, I'm one of those guys who needs directions. I, I don't know if, if I had been born like 20 years earlier, I'd be constantly lost. And the uh, so uh, especially I go up to L.A. all the time and I've got, you know, I'm in these weird parts of L.A. and I've got to figure out how to and I always just hold the button down, and say, get directions home. And it figures it out for me and I'm off to the races. Uh, but you're right. You could say, get directions to the nearest gas station. I mean, all that stuff is really easy. And once you get rolling on your trip, because I don't see the screen, I usually just let it tell me because I don't, you know, I usually don't want screens open when I'm driving, but I can once again, reach down in the cup holder and hold the button and I'll just say ETA and it'll tell me you're 47 minutes from getting home. Nice. Um, yeah. A couple of other things that it, it will do. Um, I, I use Siri often to create events. Now, this is something where you have to be careful of the syntax because it's a pretty particular event for creating, um, a pretty particular syntax, rather, for creating events on the calendar. Um, but you can say something like, create an event at 6 p.m. today titled, record Mac Power users, and that will work. Yeah, that, that syntax is what I was referring to earlier today. Um, um, I think that's kind of an upper level Siri thing. Uh, for a long time, I didn't trust myself to create a Siri event because I would start it out and it would know I was trying to create an event, but it didn't have the uh, the appropriate information it needed. And then it would start asking me a bunch of questions. Well, what time is your event and where is your event? And all of a sudden it turned into this like running dialogue with a, a dumb computer. And and that would have been faster for me to just, you know, open up Fantastic Hell and type it in. Uh, but that is the syntax. So create an event for, and then you give the day and then the time. So create an event for tomorrow at 10 a.m. titled, you know, conference call concerning Mac power users. And it creates it. Um, that's great, except it's, you know, still not perfect. One of the things is you can't add an alarm with your voice. You can't assign it to a specific calendar. Like I have a Mac power users calendar personal calendar, you know, Max Park. I have these different calendars. I can't it just assigns it to the default calendar, but using your voice, you can get an event in there and it'll show up. So that's, that's okay. But you have to memorize that syntax. That's one of these things that takes a little homework. Right. Um, some other things, you know, it, it Siri got a lot more integration with, with iOS nine uh, specific. Well, I guess I had a little bit of this before, but specifically with the music and photos apps. Yeah. Now I've yeah. I've had trouble with Apple Music and and Siri just kind of playing whatever it wants particularly if I'm activating Siri from my watch I'll it will get the syntax right like it will it will parse I'm sorry it will parse my words correctly it will understand the words that I'm saying and I will tell it um you know play piano man by Billy Joel and then all of a sudden something completely different starts playing So now is that a fault in getting the words wrong or does No it no the words are correct 
Yeah. See, so, I don't have that much problem with it. But but like, it could you, be because I'm kind of in a wacky Apple Music state because I canceled, I turned off Apple Music, but my subscription hadn't expired yet. So that could be. See, I don't, that's interesting. Because you had writ, wrote in the outline that you had trouble with music. And then I just sat down and started playing with Syrian music. And I found a bunch of them. I, I'm not sure I have them all, but you can, I, the one that, that's on the Apple website is play top songs from 1986 or whatever. And it'll put together that. Um, but one of them I found that I thought was cool was after this song play, which really works. Mm. So, you know, you've got a, a list. I can say after this song play kind of blue and it will do that for me. Or um, it's got the Shazam thing there where you can say, what is this? Or who plays this? And it'll listen. I've tested that. That works. Uh, you can say shuffle. You can say like this and it'll give a little heart to the music. But I'm an Apple Music subscriber, so I don't know how much of this works for non-Apple Music people. Uh, skip is another one. So you can just say, if, you, if you've got a, a playlist going, say, just hold Siri down, say skip, and it goes to the next song. And um, and you can even add a song to your library with your voice, which I didn't think you could do. But if there's something you really like, go for it. But I'm an Apple Music person, so I don't know. I, I guess we should have you test some of this stuff after your Apple Music officially expires. Yeah, I, I was having trouble with Apple Music to begin with, so I kind of turned it off everywhere and said I was done with it. And then I started having trouble with Siri. So it's so, probably not a fair test until I, that happens. I am not surprised at all that you you, you uh, didn't do Apple Music. I bailed, Cause, yeah. Yeah, because you sounded, the way you were explaining it, you just don't, you don't have that much new music, so you're fine. No, I'm just not that into it. The Sparks family, we have like used the heck out of it. I mean, I, I have downloaded, I've added to my library probably about 400 songs you know <laughs> and um wow and i'm probably not the biggest offender in my family i know like gotcha. my older daughter has been going nuts with it so so we are uh we're we're on the we're on the uh apple music um on the uh, apple music drug yeah so we'll be paying 50 15 bucks a month for a while i think yeah uh, anyway um you're right so so there is some control you can have with music but i wanted to go back to some of the like really simple things you can do like one of them was tip calculation. I had tried this when Siri so first came out and it didn't really work. And now it has come a long way. Uh, before the show, I just said, what's the tip on $238? And it gave it to me. And just for giggles, and I said, well, what's the tip on $238 divided by five people? And it gave me a table that shows me if I had five people and I had tips at 15, 18, or 20%, what everybody would owe. And that is really fast. I mean, to just to say those words and get the exact numbers that you need. Because whenever I go with people, I always like to just say, let's just split it evenly. And that works because I usually do most of the drinking anyway. So I usually get a good deal. Uh, mm, okay. Well, but I, I, had, I had no idea that it would do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing it will do, though, is it will um, it will do some basic math for you as well. Yeah. Oh, here's one. I got this one from Renee Ritchie. Ask it, what is zero divided by zero? I'm not going to tell you the answer, but just do it sometime. Um, uh, conversions with 60 miles in kilometers, you know, that's pretty nice. The um, oh, oh, date math is another good one. You know, in, in our business, quite often we get documents that have deadlines attached to them. And what is January 1 plus 30 days or what's February 12 plus 35 days or whatever? Uh, it'll give you the answer to that. Awesome. Oh, you just asked it what zero to I'm, I'm sorry. Zero. She's talking about Cookie Monster now. <laughs> yeah. <is that> great? <laughs> <laughs> How many days until Christmas? You can see, you know, so there's a lot of date calculation stuff now. And the syntax on that used to be dreadful. And now it's much better. 
Like right. I can say, what is January one plus 35 days? And there may be other ways to ask that question, but the one I just gave you is really simple and it works every time. Uh, weather is another one. Um, I, that's a daily thing for me. Now I wake up and I just press the button and say, what's the weather? Hmm. I have an if this, then that rule that does that. And then just puts a notification on my uh, home screen every morning, but yeah. that could be an easier way to do it. Well, for me, a lot of times I'm traveling. So it's like, I'll be like, what's the weather in San Diego today? What's the mm, weather in yeah. you know El Segundo? And uh, so that's nice. I don't ask it if it's going to rain anymore. That just makes me sad. <laughs> um, uh, time, you know, what, what time is it in South Korea? That's I already talked about that one. Um, oh, here's some goofy ones. Flip a coin. Just say, hey, Siri. Oh, sorry, guys. Say, uh, a hotel phone, flip a coin. And it flips a coin. Uh, and and the nerd in me loves this part. Uh, it can do multi-sided die. Uh, did you, ever, you, did you Were you ever like a Dungeons and Dragons no, person? No, not really. No. Yeah, I think that was, I think it kind of went away after, you know, I, I was in that, in the weird window of kids that did it. But you had all these weird dice. And so we had 20-sided die. We had four-sided, four-sided die was the worst. It, it didn't even like roll. You just, it just flopped. But anyway. Uh, now you can say roll a four-sided die and it'll do it for you or a 20-sided die. So it's kind of nice. Um, you mentioned photos earlier. You want to talk about photos? Yeah, it has deep photos integration. So you can do things like um, show me all the pictures from our Grand Canyon trip or uh, show me pictures of Matt in Utah. And it will pull up things of that or show me all the pictures of this time last year. Yeah. And it works. So you have to have done the face detection to have Matt. So it knows who Matt is and you have to have photos that have geotagging attached to them and, and it'll put those two together and it'll show you those photos. It, it's interesting. Cause you know, uh, it, this is one of those moments where you can compare Google to Apple where, where Google will do all that work in the cloud for you. And they'll take the pictures and the, they'll know where the pictures are located. They'll do the face detection. I mean, Google does all that stuff cloud side, which is probably more efficient and, and better at the end of the day in terms of better data. Uh, whereas Apple relies on the onboard processing to do that for you. But one of the nice advantages of it is you can say, you know, show me Matt pictures of Matt in Utah and you get them right on your phone. It doesn't have to go to the cloud. And, and assuming you're using Apple photos, you're going to see those pictures. So, so what much else? Siri. So much so that much Siri, Siri can do. Yeah. No wonder yeah. people fall in love with Siri. Yeah. It, it is really, I think it's really useful. I, I think uh, we've, I would l- I recommend you try some of the stuff we've talked about here. I say Siri eight ball. That's kind of a funny one where it does an eight ball for you. Um, but, and, and you can ask it, you know, where do you bury a body and tell me a story and all the other funny things it says. There's websites on the internet that are just full of like jokey things that Siri says to them. Uh, I have to admit that stuff does not impress me that much because basically Apple's got a writer somewhere that says, you know, if input a comes in, then output, you know, B and it's funny and it's cute, but I'm not sold. It's not, you know, it's not an actual person. It's just a computer responding to inputs. Uh, I'm more impressed with the stuff where it, it does work for me. It tells me what time it is on the other side of the world, or it tells me if I, need to wear a jacket or shorts today. And, you know, those kinds of things are the things I really like about it. Allows me to make good tea. <laughs> That's the most important thing of all. Yeah. So, so we're going to have more on this stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure we missed some of the Siri bits. If there's something in Siri that you love that we didn't talk about, please let us know so we can get in the live show. Cause I think this is an ongoing thing. Siri's constantly evolving. 
like I said, we are going to have a sight impaired guest in the future that's going to talk even more about using voice to make stuff happen on your iOS devices. And, um, and you know, I, I would say, and, you know, looking back that in 2015, Dictation and Siri are in pretty good shape. I think it's a, it's a viable alternative to anybody listening to this podcast, all this stuff. Yeah, and I think if you haven't tried dictation and if you haven't fully used the capabilities of Siri, this is a good opportunity to start exploring it. You know, you, it doesn't cost you anything to start. If you've if you've got a, a Mac with a modern OS in it, you've got free dictation built in. Just go ahead and start using it. You know, use it with your built-in mic on your Mac and 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 start from there. And then most modern iOS devices, all the modern iOS devices, so most people that are listening to this podcast already have Siri. And see if you can take some of the tips that we've talked about and start taking advantage of it so well david i think that about wraps us up for today we'll have links to things that we've talked about in our show notes which you can find at relay.fm slash mpu slash 281 for this particular episode yeah you can reach us at feedback at macpowerusers.com and we're on twitter we're at macpowerusers katie's at katie floyd i'm at max barkey all right folks it's been a great show and we will see you all next time